0: You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio.
1: You know, this approaching with these cuts is is the really tough part of this business. Just told the team that I wish we could keep every single one of them. That's not the reality of the situation. Uh, so uh, I just told them I appreciate how they work. And that, that's a group that uh, they've worked at every turn, Every they've done everything I've asked them to do. Uh, so it was certainly appreciative of that. And then we'll see how it all shakes out. But it's, it's the business of football. Uh, but I, I know. Doesn't mean you have to like it, but uh, really pleased with how the guys battled.
2: Now, here's your host, my dad, Thelonious Seven. My Dogs by Nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious Seven, and you're listening to the AFC North Preseason Symposium on Dogs by Nature Radio. 2021 could be an absolute dogfight in the contest for the AFC North Crown. So to help us get ready for the battle of the black and blue division, we've gathered representatives from the opposition for a virtual meeting of the minds. Let's start with the Bengals. Representing the Queen City is none other than Daddyo McDuke, senior writer for our own Cincy Jungle.
3: Okay, thank you for having me on thelonia 72 This is Daddio DeFacto at Twitter, Daddio MacDook, Cincy Jungle Writer, and I have the number one Bengals podcast on Believe, and we are on YouTube.
2: Daddio, thanks so much for taking your time to join us in the stray chaser studios. Next, representing the Crab Cake Capital, on behalf of the
1: Ravens, we are joined by Matt Jurgensen. Hi, this is Matt Jurgensen, and I've been a Baltimore Ravens fan since day one in 1996. I've been writing and commenting about the team since 2007. And you can find some of my work from over the years at Baltimore Gridiron Report, Baltimore Sports and Life, and Russell Street Report. I'm currently hosting a Ravens podcast with my good friend, Brent Harris, called Baltimore Blitz. You can find that at www.baltimoresportspub.com, as well as Apple and Spotify. You can find me and hear my thoughts about the Ravens and other things at Matt Jergs on Twitter.
2: Matt, it's great to hear from you. Thank you for taking your time to share with us here on Dogs by Nature Radio. And finally, on behalf of the most recent title holders, we are joined in the Straight No Chaser studios by the hosts of the Steelers Devoted Podcast.
4: My name is Dimitri George, joined alongside my co host, as always, Vince Paparella. Our good friend Bellonius uh, reached out to to get some th- get our thoughts on some of the uh, things surrounding uh, the AFC, the AFC North. Obviously, Steelers, Browns. Uh, we're excited to be here, Vince, and let's just gonna let's just just jump right into it. Vince and Dimitri can be found at Steelers Devoted
2: on Twitter. I'm right there with you guys. So, without any further ado, let's get into the 2021 AFC North preseason symposium. Our first question for discussion is as follows How does the AFC North rank against its conference counterpart? Does this division have a true identity? How do you view Kevin Stefanski and the recent threat of the Browns organization from the outside? Vince and Dimitri will start with you.
0: Yeah, Kevin Stefanski is an adult in the room, uh, which they did not have with Freddie Kitchens, quite frankly. Um, he is a very simple formula. You saw that uh, in. Minnesota, you know, run the ball, play action, you know, set up a pass, which Baker Mayfield is extremely efficient at completing. Um, does it have a ceiling? I guess we'll see. Does the quarterback have a ceiling? I guess we'll see. But Kevin Stefanski um, is what the Browns need, especially with the amount of talent on the roster and possible personalities.
4: Um, what about the other two parts? Um, the, the identity of the division and oh, how sorry. How you... Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, the AFC North is the best division in the AFC. The AFC East has gotten good as of late. Uh, South is kind of, you know, sputtering. And the AFC West obviously has the Chiefs and the Chargers, but we don't know too much about the Raiders and the Broncos. Obviously, so when you have three people, you know, three teams that can easily, uh, you know, win the division, and the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns. Um, you know, I'm sure some people may agree with the Steelers, disagree with the Steelers, but I think it's by far the class of the AFC.
4: No, I'm gonna, I'm in agreement with you. I think uh, as always, AFC North is a very, blue, you know, blue collar. Um, I know it's a different game. It's not like it's early 2000s and you're you know you're you're you know running the ball 40 times a game. But I think it's a, still a very physical division. There's a lot of talent in the division. Uh, I agree with you. It's the best division in the AFC. Arguably, you could probably make an argument it's the best division in football. Um, but I do think that um Kevin Stefanski is like you said an adult in the room a, a a coach that they uh finally seem like they hit on I think it's not it's not it's not about Kevin Stefanski I think it's more about Baker Mayfield as you kind of alluded to I think it's dependent on how I think the team is going to go as far as Baker can take them I think Kevin Stefanski is going to put them in positions to be successful successful I think it's just going to be up to Baker Mayfield to kind of get them over the hump so it's going to really be up to him so I, I do think Kevin Stefanski is, is a good coach, and I think as long as you know uh, he doesn't uh, stray away from who he, who, who they are, uh, and like you said, run the football, um, play action pass, uh, and play good defense. I think that's you know it's a recipe for success, regardless of the new day and age of you know throwing the ball over the yard and and fantasy football and points and all that. You I, I still think you can be successful in this league. Uh, running the ball and playing good defense. So, um, and as long as Kevin Stefanski keeps that mindset and, and keeps his guy, keep, you know, runs his team with that mindset, I think they're going to be competitive.
2: Yeah, running the ball against your Steelers defense is easier said than done. Definitely looking forward to the matchup on Halloween at Ohio Edison Stadium. So now let's turn to Matt Jurgensen to get the
1: perspective of the Mid Atlantic region. Not surprisingly, I choose the AFC North as not only the best division in the AFC, but probably also the NFL. I mean, when you look at the teams that are found within, they all have great quarterbacks, some at different stages of their career, uh, but good signal callers, good coaches, uh, great rivalries. When you think about what the AFC North has been defined by over the years, Baltimore versus Pittsburgh, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh, um, the the teams, again, themselves engage in hard-hitting football, and, you know, now over the last couple of years, great offenses. You know, you can add that into the mix. As each, when each of these teams get together, there's always going to be exciting football. Um, when you think about looking at Kevin Stefanski from the outside, um, you know, one thing uh, as a Baltimore fan you could always kind of rely on over the years was that, you know, the, the quarterback position wasn't solidified. The head coaching job always seemed like he was kind of in flux. Kevin Stefanski has kind of changed all of that. Uh, in his first year, he you know, negotiated COVID very well, winning 11 games, winning a playoff game, has created an offense that Baker Mayfield can thrive in. And I'm sure Cleveland fans feel this way. You're going into a season where you feel like you're a legitimate Super Bowl contender to represent the AFC. And um, as someone from the outside, I mean, you'd absolutely know that ha- you have to contend with them when it comes to the AFC North uh, and trying to see if you can secure an AFC North uh, title. Wow.
2: Even though I agree with your assessment, I almost can't believe it. I don't think I would have heard that before last year or really ever. It's a testament to the work of Kevin Stefanski. Now we turn to the banks of the mighty Ohio River to see what Daddy McDuke of the Cincy Jungle thinks about the AFC North. AFC North is always very physical, but now they have very explosive offenses, a lot of
3: passing, but it's kind of a combination of that physical style but a lot of points as well, as we will see with the, the Browns. Yes, the Browns are emerging, and they have finally put the talent around the guy, like Baker Mayfield, who I say is a, is a rich man, Zandy Dalton. He can thrive, with he has a good stuff around him. Ben Roethlisberger looked pretty good, lost some weight, and uh, of course the Ravens always are making the right moves, and the Bengals have three excellent receivers with the quarterback who is just, he's just a rising star, Joe, Joe Burrow.
2: Bro, you know we love Joe Burrow, but Baker Mayfield is not a rich man's version of Andy Dalton, even if that rich man was Elon Musk. Apparently there are some in Northern Kentucky who still have to learn, <laughs> but moving right along. Let's take a second to reset this offseason for our community. How do you feel about the early returns on your respective draft classes? Are there places that you wish the front office were more aggressive this offseason? Let's start with the perspective of the Nevermore and turn to Matt Jurgensen.
1: I feel like the Ravens, as usual, had a pretty good draft. Um, When you start looking at the first round, you have Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. He brings a lot of polish and maturity for someone his age, Um, should be able to help quite a bit on uh, sideline catches, has strong hands, good route runner. Uh, Of course, he ended up injured. Uh, He's now uh, out with a groin injury, had actually surgery last week. I would not expect to see him, maybe not until week four. Uh, So, of course, that's got Baltimore fans feeling down about that already. Uh, But he should be able to, uh, I think, make an impact this season, hopefully. Um, The other first-rounder, Odafe Owe out of Penn State, freakish athletic ability. Uh, That selection, of course, is to kind of help Offset the losses of uh, Ngakwe and Judon. He's incredibly raw, though, of course. Um, so, you know, Baltimore's defense, you know, they really want to ask their players to do multiple things. So it's not really just about saying go get the quarterback. Um, so I don't know how much he's really going to impact things this year. I know they're going to ask him to do quite a lot. Uh, the signing of Justin Houston certainly helps a little bit. Um, so he has also a mentor and some of the other veterans to help him along. Um, but, again, a little bit of a, a, a gamble, I think, but it will be interested to see what he can do in the defense. The guy that I think probably will make the most impact right away will be the third-rounder, Ben Cleveland, out of Georgia. 6'6", 354. He's going to be fighting for a left guard spot. Very physical, very nasty. Um, he's a guy that looks like uh, some people automatically start comparing to Marshall Yonda in sort of that just sort of that big uh, country kind of strong Uh, So it'll be interesting to see what he does. It's probably more on the back end of the draft that I have questions. Um, Tylan Wallace, chosen in the fourth round, another wide receiver, uh, really puts a log jam at wide receiver. I think they probably could have gone with defensive line depth, offensive line depth there. Um, So we'll see what happens with that competition. And Sean Wade in the fifth round actually was just traded a few days ago um, to New England where they're going to pick up another fifth and a seventh um, he was a guy again that fell down draft boards. Was Ohio State, great pedigree, but I think it in a, it also does speak to things in a good way. That if the Ravens felt that they wanted to move him along, that they really do feel about you know that the, strongly about their secondary, and that really in 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 my opinion, I think a lot of people's opinion is the strength really of their defense uh, that they really just don't have a spot for him. So in a way, I guess it's kind of a good thing, but um, we'll see again what those picks get turned into down the road
2: yeah it was surprising to see what happened with sean wade he's an immensely talented player but he always struggled living up to the hype let's hope that he can reach his full potential in foxborough so let's hear some perspective on the bengals offseason with daddy-o from the cincy jungle
3: the bengals uh, fans rightfully so we always have a problem with the the free agent moves and this season was no different it was uh they didn't go out and get the top tier offensive linemen they, they they got they adjusted in the draft with a kind of a question of pick with jackson carmen but he has made a lot of progress since his early struggles in the training camp carmen is coming along jamar chase had trouble with the drops but he's you know I think he's had some stuff going on in his life but he seems to have worked through that and he's, he's been shining the past couple of days in training camp uh, yeah, they, they, they didn't spend on offensive line okay they lost Carl Lawson because they didn't give enough counting money they brought in Trey Hendrickson from the Saints and but I mean it could work out both the past Russian offensive line have looked solid so far in the preseason.
2: For the love of Joe Burrow I hope you're correct. So let's move on to the Steelers and Dimitri and Vince. From the Devoted Steelers podcast, how do you feel the Steelers improved?
4: Um, so far, uh, I mean, what, what, what is there not to like about the uh, uh, Steelers rookie class so far? Obviously, with Najee Harris, we know that there's nothing that needs to be said about him, obviously. Um, but you talk about Pat Frymouth, um and, and the options that they give him with two tight ends with Eric Ebron. Um, we saw flashes of it, obviously, in the last. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the the Lions preseason game, mm-hmm. catching two touchdowns and his ability to get to get to create opportunities in the red zone. Um, obviously, Kendrick Green looks like he's penciled in as the starter uh, at center, replacing Marquise Pouncey, and, and certainly, um, certainly, you know, not a perfect product by any means, but exciting to get some youth in the offensive line, aggressive, aggressive, um, you know, aggressive, physical. Um, kind of nasty demeanor, which is what the Steelers have been lacking as of late. So, uh, excited about that. We'll have to see uh, on the rest of the draft picks. I mean, uh, you know, Isaiah Loudermilk. Um, seems like he's played, Yeah, he's flashed a little bit. Dan Moore is another guy that uh, they got in the fourth round. Uh, left tackle in the SEC. Started a lot of games there. So, he's got, obviously, um, pedigree, if you will. Now, it's they, they're moving him around from left and right. Think so. Could probably assume he'll be the swing tackle for the Steelers. Yes. Um. But these there is excitement for him as well. Um. You know, we'll have to see how Zach Banner's knee responds after he plays a couple games in a, in a row. But um, I feel I think Dan Moore is the first guy off the bench if something were to go if some if one of the tackles were to go down. Um, I think they're really excited about him. And then for the for the um All the GM the, yeah the. I think what I'm concerned, because I think they've done a good job. I think Kevin Colbert has done a good job. I was identifying the, the, the need for the another one-side linebacker. They go out and get Joe Schobert. They go out and get a quality veteran pass rusher to rotate in Melvin Ingram. Um, they go out and get Trey Turner. Um, I think Trey Turner might be the worst of the three additions, the main, three main additions that actually happened real late in the process. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Trey Turner can be serviceable. He's not going to be David DeCastro, but I think he's going to be serviceable and He's the kind of guard I think they're gonna, the kind of offensive lineman they want to, they want to become as opposed to what they were, uh, physical mauler, big guy, kind of in a phone booth kind of guy. Want to keep him, so um, I I like those. However, I hope you know the offense is still not done. They're still, they're still, they're getting, they're in the process of getting down to 53, and they're gonna be scoured in the waiver wire and free agents or whatever trades. I need them to go out and get a nickel corner. I, I'm, I, there's nothing on this roster that screams to me. I understand the, the, the ability to move Cam Sutton inside, um, but I'd really like them to get a guy that can come in. Um, I don't know if you're going to get a guy to come in and start right away, but at least some depth there. I'm really concerned about that nickel corner spot and really the cornerback position as a whole. Um, so I, I think that's where I, I hope that they make a move um, to, to, to solidify that position.
0: Yeah, I feel fine with James Pierre, but it really, you know, you really gotta wonder why they didn't make a bigger push uh, to keep Stephen or Stephen Nelson, or um, you know.
4: Well, that's the thing. If they were to get, if they if they had a feeling that they're gonna get rid of Steve Nelson because of the cap situation, then they should have, the, the, and then and then the Castro situation, then they should have made a bigger effort to uh, keep correct.
0: Yes, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I really don't have anything to, say, to add to that. Uh, I think the hallmark of this draft class is being you know you hope you hit on your first two picks obviously it's concern if you don't I think they will you know undoubtedly do that and it's it's the Dan Moores for me and it's the Buddy Johnsons if Dan Moores you know ends up starting you know in a year or two and Buddy Johnson end up playing meaningful snaps uh at some point you know in the next two or three years and I think this draft class definitely is solid you could possibly have a very good punter although they have a very good punting competition right now so overall it's been pretty solid and I've been very happy uh free agency i love melvin ingram i hate what they've done the corner besides that you know i think i thought they would have added a veteran wide receiver at some points um i just maybe they weren't interested in doing that especially with and you know james washington and you know being your fourth guy or whatever but that, with after, after james washington it really does kind of take a drop off um so i kind of expected that also but Overall, it's, I'd give it like a B plus if I'd have to have give a grade. It's not an A, but I would give a B plus overall because it, it, I feel better now than when I did um, in February.
2: Guys, it's a brand new year. I can hardly wait for the contest to begin. Thank you for that outstanding analysis. And with that, we'll put part one of the books. You've been listening to the AFC North preseason symposium on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious7. Joined by Vince and Dimitri from At Steelers Devoted Podcast, as well as Daddy De Facto from the Cincy Jungle. And with representation from the Greater Chesapeake Region, we had Matt Jurgensen at Matt Jurgs on Twitter. Once again, I'm Thelonious7 on Dogs by Nature Radio. Take care and go Browns.